Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the Kirk Church Podcast. I'm Aaron Elmore, lead pastor at Kirk of the Hills, located in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This is where you can hear messages from all our pastors and guest speakers. Make sure to subscribe and share with anyone who follows the Kirk. If you want to know more about us, visit us at thekirk.com, like us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at the Kirk Church. Let's get started with today's episode. Well, good morning. It's good to see you all here. Uh, just a blessing to be able to share the Word of God with you today. I'm Dan Baer. I'm one of the pastors here over Missions and Discipleship. And uh, here we go in our series on the Holy Spirit. Good stuff. All right, I want you to loosen up a little bit today. We've got a lot to talk about, a lot of exciting things. You know, when I think about our world today, one of the problems in our world is the issue of truth. We live in a world of sound bites, of social media, of political polarization. And in the midst of all of this, the casualty is truth. Am I right? We don't, we don't know who to believe anymore. We listen to people and we're like, are they telling us the truth? Is that really the truth? Jesus said that this of the spirit of God, he said, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide us into all truth. Isn't that an amazing promise that we have the spirit of God and the spirit of God is our direct link to the truth. We have the truth, friends. We have it. And we can rest in that and we can rejoice in that. The Apostle Paul really builds on this statement of Jesus here in First Corinthians in this passage. And he gives us, I think, three stages of God's truth as revealed through the Spirit. So we're going to walk through this passage and try to get a fuller understanding of these stages of the truth as revealed. Let's look first at the hidden truth. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. There are a number of mind-blowing statements in this passage. The first of which is that God had a plan from before time began. And isn't that amazing? Before there were ever people on the earth, before Adam and Eve, who we read about in our Bible reading this week, before Adam and Eve and the creation of the world and all of that, before time ever began, God had a plan for our salvation. And God had a plan for your life. What is interesting in this statement, though, is that he says that this, no, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory. For our glory. Now, normally when we think about glory, we think about it, God's glory, right? 
We think about we live, the purpose of our life is to bring glory to God. That's what we think, right? And that's true. We live to bring glory to God. But yet God had a plan and his plan was destined for our glory. He's concerned about our glory. Well, what does that even mean for us? What does it mean that God wants to glorify us? Well, what does it mean to glorify? Well, it means to lift up, doesn't it? I mean, when we glorify God, we lift him up. We praise him. We we speak of his honor and we honor God. That's what it means to glorify God. Well, if God wants to glorify us, he wants to lift us up. Amen. That's a great thing. He takes us, as David talked about, from the miry clay, from the pit, and he's lifted us up. And he's put us in a place of honor on display what his miraculous power can do in our weak and broken human lives. That was God's plan. And that's what God desires to do for us. This truth that God wanted to lift us up for our glory, to glorify us in some miraculous way, was a mystery hidden in God. Now, I can't think of this passage and you'll forgive me for this, without thinking of a poker game. Now, I don't know if this is an appropriate illustration for church, but my dad taught me how to play poker. Myself and my brothers and sisters, we would go camping and all of our vacations, and we always played poker. It was very serious to my father to teach us how to play poker well. And he taught us to play, we mostly played seven-card stud. Now, if you've ever played poker, you play seven cards, so you know that by the end of the hand, you've got four cards up and you got three cards in the hole, right? As my dad would say, mysteries. There's mysteries there all around. And it's not, I mean, in poker, it's not just having the best hand. It's having the best hidden hand. Am I right? Am I right? You see, you want those four cards on the surface to look like nothing. Like you don't have anything. You want the power in the hole. Am I right? And that's exactly what happened with God. You read the Old Testament and you see tragedy and you see, you see oppression and you see difficulty and you see struggle and you say, and you look at the surface and you say, God, do you even have a hand? Why haven't you folded yet? Are you still in this? But God had all the power in the hole. As a matter of fact, look at what it says in the next verse. It says, none of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Amen. If they'd have known what God had in the hole, they wouldn't have gone all in on the crucifixion. But they went all in on the crucifixion because they thought God didn't have anything. And God had the power and hope. That's what God did for our salvation. Amen. It's an amazing, amazing story about how God in his mysterious and sovereign plan had planned from the beginning for our salvation, for our benefit. To defeat the powers of this world. Now I want you to think about God's mysterious plan for your own life. Wouldn't he use the same strategy in your own life? The difficulties you face, 
the failures that you have experienced, the tragedies that you have endured. All of those are like the cards that are up on the surface that are laying face up on the table. It looks like you don't have anything, that it's hopeless, that it's a failure. But God in his power and in his mysteries, he has power and hope. He's got aces in the hole and he's going to flip them up at the appropriate time. And he's going to bring everything together. Amen. We look back on our lives. How many of you have had this? Some of us like me who are older, right? We've been through a lot of stuff in our lives. And we look back and we say, when I thought everything was hopeless, God, you were moving. You were setting it all up. And now I can see the hand that you had. And it was miraculous. And it was amazing. This is what God's plan is like. These are the mysteries of God that are hidden in God from the beginning of time. And they've always been for our benefit. I don't think we believe that. I don't think that we believe sometimes that God has our best interests in mind. But he does. He always does. And that mystery is hidden in the heart of God. So we've talked about the hidden truth. Let's talk about the truth revealer. Look at verse 10. It says, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. The spirit searches the deep things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So this mystery of the truth of God and his plan that has been hidden since the foundation of the world, since the beginning of time, is no longer hidden. Amen. It's been revealed. It's been revealed through the spirit, by the spirit of God. You see, the function of the Holy Spirit is to reveal the father. That's what the Holy Spirit does is he reveals the father. Who knows your inmost thoughts? Paul says it's your own spirit. You know, I look out at this congregation today and I think, who knows what you're thinking right now. I don't know what you're thinking. Well, I really do know what you're thinking. Will this guy wrap it up so we can go get some soup? I mean, I, that's what, I mean, that's what you're thinking on the surface, but I mean, your deep thoughts, like, like your, your desires and your innermost fears and anxieties and insecurities and, and what are your, at your ambitions and your dreams. I don't know what those things are, but your spirit knows those things because your spirit is within you and knows the deepest things of your heart. Well, in the same way, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is in the father and he knows the deep things of God. He knows his plans and his desires and his heart for you. And it is the job of the Holy Spirit to reveal that to us. That's what the Holy Spirit does is he reveals these things to us. It says he searches the spirit, searches all things, even the deep things of God and reveals them to us. Look at verse 12. Here we have the truth that the spirit reveals is not the fake news of the world. 
The scripture says what we received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. See, this world gives us fake news. The world perceives the truth in an earthly way based on what is observed in this physical world, what is experienced by people. What we desire and what we desire is completely controlled by our sin. Amen? Those are the things that determine truth. And I think right now we have a crisis of truth. Faith in the truth is declining in our world because people have finally realized that whoever's telling them facts, it's really influenced by their own desires and their own agenda. Am I right? All the sources of truth have been corrupted. Can you, can you, can we believe what a politician says to us necessarily? Uh, no. Can we believe what a scientist says? We used to think we could, but all of a sudden we've realized not necessarily. Can we believe what a journalist says to us? No, not necessarily. And so where does the world get its truth? It gets it from corrupted sources. And so as a result, they don't have access to the truth. But we have access to the truth because God is truth. And the spirit is the revealer of that truth. He is the spirit of truth who reveals the inmost parts of God. Our truth flows from the spirit directly from the heart of God himself. So when he reveals truth about who we are as people, when he defines us as people, we can believe it. We can understand it. When he talks about the nature of this world, we can take it to the bank. When he talks about the character and the nature of God himself, we know that it's trustworthy. The final statement in verse 12 is absolutely amazing. It says, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. So that we might understand. We have been given the spirit so that we may understand. How many times have you said, God, I know you're at work, but I have no idea what you're doing. How many times have you said that? I like say that every week at some point or another. It is not the, the desire of God to keep us in the dark. God wants to reveal the truth to us. That's why he's given us his spirit. He is revealing his truth to us. Now, we can't always take it, right? You can't handle the truth, as it was once famously said. We can't always handle the truth. Because we don't have the maturity or the understanding. I think of my little grandson. He's going to be, he's going to be two years old in March, right? And I, I can't sit down with him and explain the stock market to him. He's a smart kid, but he's not going to understand that, right? I don't even understand it, right? So how can 
He doesn't have that maturity level, but I want to see him grow in his understanding. So as we train our children, right, what do we do? We we reveal to them what they can understand and slowly they grow in their understanding of the truth. And the Holy Spirit does the same thing to us. But it is God's desire that you understand his plan and his will for your life. And he is revealing that to us through the spirit, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing. The spirit of God, it says, has been given to us so that we may understand what God has freely given us. As I was thinking about this, I thought, well, what has God freely given us? Well, he's given us his grace, right? We sang about it today. His grace upon grace upon grace, right? He's given us his grace and he wants us to understand the breadth of his grace and his favor that he's poured out upon us. He loves us. He loves us so deeply and he wants us to understand the the depth of his love for us. And the spirit is revealing that to us constantly. He wants us. He has given us freely assurance of our salvation, of assurance of our eternal life. And he wants us to grow and understand more completely that we don't have to worry in this life because ultimately our future is secure. Amen. And that's so freeing and that changes the way we live. And so God is revealing that to us through his spirit. These are the things that are freely given to us. So we've been given this hidden truth that has been concealed in God. And now we've been given access to the Holy Spirit, who is the revealer of all truth. Finally, I want to I want us to look at the truth tellers. What do we do with the truth that has been given to us through the spirit? We speak, the Apostle Paul says, that is what we speak. We share that. You see, it is our obligation now. It is our responsibility and it is our privilege to share the truth that has been revealed to us about the nature and character of God, about the plan of God, about the salvation that God has given us. But we don't use normal words. Look at what it says. Not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit. Listen to this, this statement, explaining spiritual realities with spirit taught words, explaining spiritual realities with spirit taught words. Boy, that statement really hit me as I was I was meditating on this passage this week and just has been rolling around in my heart. What does it mean? Well, I think a lot about words. About 33 years ago, my life really became all about straddling two languages and two cultures. And I've been doing that for a long time. And I've been in the place, right, as a new language learner, learning the Spanish language, living in a Spanish-speaking culture, where I had all these thoughts and and desires and and things that I want to say in my heart and in my mind, and I couldn't say them because I didn't have any words. And I couldn't speak. I was... I couldn't say anything. I couldn't speak about the truth that God had placed in my heart, the things that I knew, the things that I wanted to share. Because I didn't have the words. 
And as I think about it, you know, there are times when these spiritual realities that we're experiencing as believers, we can't find the words for them. How do we define what God is doing in our life? How do we define the joy and the hope that we now have in Jesus Christ to a world that's living in darkness? How do we do it? Well, we need spirit taught words. So what does that look like? Well, then let's start with the Bible. If we're looking for spirit taught words, let's go to the word of God, right? And that's why it's so critical that we're reading God's word together as a church and reading through the entire word of God. Because what happens when you read the word of God? He begins to shape in your heart and your mind a spiritual vocabulary to communicate what God is doing in your heart and in your life. And so now all of a sudden, it's, we have the categories and we have the vocabulary to be able to communicate the truth of the gospel. To communicate the real, the realities of the spirit that are happening within us. And that is exciting. But it's not only that. Jesus said that when you stand before people who will ask you to give account of what you believe, that the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. So not only do we have the written words of the spirit, but we also have the spirit within us. Enabling us and in essence, filling our mouth with the words to be able to share the spiritual realities that we're experiencing. And so we have a combination of these two things that give us those spirit taught words to be able to explain the truth of God. And so should we be afraid of gospel conversations of sharing the truth about Jesus with our friends and our coworkers and our and our families? The answer is no. Don't be afraid because you've been given the spirit taught words to explain these spiritual realities. Amen. Amen. And that's why we're encouraging you to begin by inviting people to church. Invite people to come to church because that is the beginning of a spiritual conversation. That's the beginning of a gospel communication with someone. Come to church and we'll sit and we'll listen to a pastor, share the gospel, share this message and we'll sing and we'll praise and we'll pray. And then we'll talk about what did you experience? Lord, give you opportunities then to help them unpack and to understand the truth of what they heard. This is what God has given us in these words. Verse 14 tells us this. That people that don't have the spirit, they just don't get it. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God because, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. So people who don't have the spirit of God, people who are non-believers, who don't know Jesus Christ, who don't have the spirit living within them, they think that we're nuts and what we believe is foolishness. Amen. Ever encounter that? Okay. What are you crazy? You base your entire life on a book that was written 2000 years ago. You believe in a guy, a bunch of stories written in an old ancient book. Seriously? <laughs> it's foolishness. It's ridiculous to this world. They can't understand it. 
because they don't have the spirit living within them. It says because they are only discerned through the spirit. And if they don't have the spirit, they can't understand it. Let me give you an illustration. When I was a kid in the early 1980s, I remember when we first got cable television. That was a big deal because my dad, he didn't pay for anything. And when he finally got cable television, we got, the, of course, the most basic package, right? That had the most, the, the, the least number of channels. However, in those days, and I don't know if you remember that, this, or if it was the same in New Jersey as it was here, but the cable companies would give you all the channels. You got every single channel, including all the pay-for channels. But the pay-for channels were scrambled. And so, like my brother and I, we wanted to watch the movies, right? The movie channel, like HBO. And so we would turn to the movie channel, to channel 35, and we would see this distortion moving across the screen. And we would try to watch the movies, and the sound was distorted, and the picture was distorted. I think that's why I wear glasses today. (laughs) Because I was trying to watch these movies, right? And the picture was all distorted, and we couldn't see it. Because we didn't pay for the channel. We didn't have the chip in our box that deciphered the channel, the image, so we couldn't see it. And this is what happens with people who don't have the spirit of God within them. People who don't know God, when they turn to the truth channel, it just looks like foolishness. It's just a scrambled image. And they look at it and they say, this is ridiculous, this is worthless. Because they don't have within them what essentially translates for them the truth. Look at what the way the passage ends. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. You see, we have been given, we come to know Jesus, the mind of Christ has been given to us. And that's like paying for HBO, baby. We've got... That very thing that translates, that unscrambles the message of truth that comes through the Spirit. So we have a channel to the truth that this world does not have. And I think sometimes we get on the world and we say, well, how come they don't see it? How can they be so blind? How can they not understand what's so clear and so plain to us? It's because they're watching this scrambled image. They can't see the truth. It's only when the spirit begins to move in their lives that things begin to clarify. And then they can come to repentance. And then they too can have the mind of Christ. And then all these things begin to come into focus. Amen? This is the Holy Spirit that we have been given. This is the blessing that we have. The world has no avenue to find the truth. But we have been given a channel, a window into the heart of God through the spirit of God that dwells in God and dwells in us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit who is the revealer of all truth, who is the revealer of the Father, who brings all of this into focus for us. We rejoice in that, Lord God. And we weep for the world that's stuck watching a channel that is distorted. And they're blind and they're hungry for the truth.
but they only have access to it. If you begin to move in their hearts and if we go and tell of the truth that we have experienced. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.